0: I started feeling the power of Italian, and it's uh, really discipline, and it's just intelligence of organization. Mm-hmm. And and once you understand that, that's where the power of culture is—in that that kind of organized, the pre- very precise, very definitive language. You know, Italian is a very legalistic language. So, you know, like the way even Romans talk, they communicate. It's very precise, and that's a mis- there are a lot of misconceptions about. Italian culture is that right? It's very light, it's very okay. chaotic, it's very uh, uh, eccentric. But in a way, uh, that kind of eccentricity is the exhaust.
1: This is Unconditioning Discovering the Voice Within with Whitney and Jenkins. Whoa. Hello and welcome to the 29th episode of Unconditioning, Discovering the Voice Within, where I bring on guests and we talk about the inner authentic voice and the challenges and the rewards that come from following it. This week I have with me Von Kochar. He is an Armenian-American filmmaker based in Los Angeles, an award-winning filmmaker at that. He's recently received recognition and awards for his most recent film, Italian for Travelers, It's appeared in the Santa Monica Film Festival, the Culver City Film Festival, and it's recently been selected to be shown at the Shambhal International Film Festival in India. So it's getting some international recognition. So it's really exciting because it's transcending borders and languages. And as you listen to my conversation with Vaughn, you'll see that that theme is very relevant. As we talk about his life journey and his creative process, as we discuss his roots in Armenia, his time now based in Los Angeles, and also his experience studying philosophy in Italy, which is where a lot of his inspiration came from, creating and writing and directing and producing this film. I really enjoyed this conversation with Vaughn. He's full of passion and love for the craft of filmmaking, and I think you're really going to enjoy diving deep into his mind and getting to know the life and inner workings of an artist. So here is Von Kochar. How, how are things in Los Angeles? <laughs> well,
0: uh, it's good. It's it's warm again. Just uh, dropped my daughter at uh, school, and uh, how are you? How's, uh, how's West Virginia?
1: <laughs> it's okay. We got a snowstorm. So. Oh wow. You guys have tsunami things happening, and we have snowstorms. So who knows what's going to go you on? Got in it's the there, world. Yeah, it's there. Yeah. who knows so the the film got into another festival which one is that yeah that's
0: shambhal it's uh, it, it's in india actually okay it's an in, uh shambhal international um it's gonna be in april so hopefully it's uh it's with without this COVID with this covet and insanity if like if everything works out we should be there in april
1: nice are you gonna go to india
0: yeah, I'd love to. You wanna come? Everyone's yeah. invited. Yeah.
1: I yeah. would love to go to India. Yeah, yeah. I have
0: some friends there. It's in Rajasthan up there, yeah. Up and up north. Okay. You know, my last name, my last name uh is uh is obviously is Armenian, but it's it's also Indian. It, oh, wow. It's a shared uh, last name. So Kochar is a very popular indian name. So i wonder if they just thought i'm indian so i'm like hijacking through career path There, like
1: you slid you know, in like there, send Maria. me back like, you, you come, you're sick. go back nice i used so,
0: to i used to get a lot of letters from like indian companies because of my last name assuming i'm indian i used to get indian newspaper subscriptions i would get like uh sales calls and indian you know so it's uh There's that connection for sure,
1: Wow. Indo-European connection. (laughs) So do you have Indian roots or just like the name, maybe maybe somewhere along the line?
0: Don't we all have Indian roots? I mean, you know, (laughs) I'm sure, you know, now that you look at the map, when when you leave home and then you travel and then you travel a lot and then you really see how small it is and the distance also is not that much. You see how the same mountain chain connects so many different countries. In the end, you know, from Armenia to India, you know, we're going to Mars, so that's not a distance anymore, you know.
1: Right? Yeah, yeah, they're they're really not that far. Sure, someone.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you know, I'm sure like there was some connection. Someone passed by someone's country.
1: Yeah, I, I think that the United States is so vast in the way that it's spread out that sometimes it's difficult to kind of like wrap your mm-hmm. head around how things on other parts of the world are more closely interlinked distance wise. So, yeah. Even yeah. here,
0: I mean, the states are so different too, right? Mm-hmm. If you think about how, like, we assume it should be the same country. Maybe part of the problem is that too, that we assume that it's this one coherent thing right. why we don't get each other well maybe we shouldn't be getting each other because it's too big you know <laughs> right. too many because we speak the same language or fail speaking it you know
1: <laughs> oh definitely there's so many people in this country that speak different languages so I think i feel like mm-hmm. a lot of people are proponents for the split of this country in order to like, make things more civil i don't know yeah. it, seems, it seems yeah a, i won't go into yeah. like
0: splitting but yeah, yeah but but in in terms of yeah at least understanding not expecting that it should be this well-oiled machine when it has so many parts that have nothing even, right not even like not not that they don't have anything to do with each other they just never like really worked with each other yet so you can't assume that it's going to work so yeah
1: and something very interesting not to like bring up things like astrology Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. in february the planets are going to be the exact same position that they were when the declaration of independence was Mm -hmm. signed for the first time since that moment and so things could be really interesting coming up (laughs) mm -hmm. the way that systems are set up (laughs) i wonder what's going (laughs) to happen now (laughs) maybe we
0: declare dependence now this time around you know it's a different (laughs) cycle
1: We'll see. declaration
0: of codependence
1: <laughs> 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 oh wow <laughs> I would like to see the history books write that one
0: Well, they're they're written they're on, in a the marriage section
1: usually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true so we'll get back to your Italian for travelers film that's hitting the film festival circuit which is really exciting and it's Already got some recognition from Santa Monica Film Festival and the Culver City Film Festival and now the one in India. I would like... Yeah,
0: Shambhal International, we got accepted to that. It's in April, so very excited
1: to go there if
0: everything works out.
1: Yeah, Um, Mm -hmm. look for plane tickets after this call. (laughs) (laughs) Right.
0: It's for travel. Yeah, it it, it was good Uh, in the sense that we saw that there is more of a global uh, appreciation for it. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, uh, like Kevin
0: Culver said said Monica we thought we're like hitting this local thing we hit a local nerve but <laughs> India uh, was very uh encouraging in a way that uh showed that it has legs to travel
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I don't I feel like that's not surprising because the film itself is pretty multicultural <laughs> I I like- in the, the subjects that it is uh bringing up and so I want to get to your story a little bit as an artist and a creator and to really get Mm -hmm. to know what inspired you to begin filmmaking um, in the first place and how that artistic sort of voice emerged from you and anything that you would like to share with that. Sure
0: yeah well you know um, it for me was a little bit the opposite for me was avoiding all of that because I was born into family of artists and filmmakers. So um, it kind of came naturally. So I wouldn't, uh, it it wasn't this awakening or a specific moment. It was actually a a, a a natural condition that was assumed to be normal. Mm -hmm. So for me, the challenge was how to have that other voice of like reason or something, you know, that will, but please give me perspective, see if this is mine. Because when you're born into something, it's very, uh, you naturally fall into that thing. Whether, you know, it's through education that you already have just by being around these people or, you know, um, uh, whatever the genetic composition, you know, like everyone kind of continues the trade uh, of their uh, Mm. ancestors, there is that. So there was always the thing you're gonna like step away from that and see if that's yours. And that's how uh, I ended up in Italy. Because I went to Italy uh, to study uh, philosophy away from film. I was already here in Hollywood, and uh, I thought, like, maybe this is, I fell into this kind of automatically. This is not a decision I made uh, okay. at that specific time. I don't have that moment of uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like realization that this is a path. It's like this. Maybe that other thing is my path because I always had that inclination. I always I actually went to study theology, but then I realized that you know I will never be the pope. So <laughs> um, no, I, uh, I uh, so I settled so for. Philosophy,
1: uh, okay, in you know, a more
0: practical way of uh, <laughs> dealing with life, uh, but oh, no, yeah. it was just the whole thing, you know, it's not just philosophy. I would not go to school for philosophy in the US, but going to Italy, there is right. that whole other aspect to it, like you learn so many things, and um, um, and it was great. I, I actually studied for two years, and it was the year 2000, which was the year of the Jubilee, so like the. The whole world was there. The celebration of uh, Christendom in Rome. Imagine. So those are incredible years. Two years from 2000 to two, uh, 2002. As I was go- going to, uh, as I was studying philosophy, though I realized that all my friends, my close friends, were filmmakers. Yeah. Or my Italian friends. Um, and that this kind of like showed me that you can't really escape that thing. You're going to fall into that trap. That's your tribe. Those are your people. Right. I mean, not to say that I, w- I was really genuinely interested in that's, uh, and, and I had incredible friends uh, uh, at the university. And a lot of my friends were actually uh, Dominican priests because it was a Catholic Dominican run university, a lot of Jesuits, Dominicans, a lot of clergy. And uh, that was one big part of my life in Rome. But again, you can hang out with the <laughs> with clergy <laughs> at night, and uh, I right. was in my 20s, so I ended up, uh, you know, befriending all these, uh, you know, big filmmakers, young filmmakers, uh, in Italy, who actually ended up being very accomplished uh, and leading filmmakers uh, uh, today in Italy. And this is a friendship that I cherish and we keep because it's there's such a big part. Of my formation, and there's really such a big part of this movie in a way that uh, I was introduced to to Rome, to Italy, through this uh, through friends, through Romans, uh, to Italians who just showed me uh, the city and the culture in a way I would have never experienced even as a student there for two years. But again, that just showed me that my passion, my night job, will always be the film, (laughs) and. (laughs) and it was just that whole thing with Rome you know Rome is just such a such an experience it's such magic and just being there being there you get educated and uh, I just can't stress that enough just like walking around is uh is uh is is a university but what really just carries you away in 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 Italy is for me was the language you know you just it's so you just the deeper you sink into the beauty of it, you know, the more you know it, the deeper you sink into the beauty of it. And uh, the language was a major factor, this fascination by Italian, you know, this uh, understanding of it, uh, um, the the fascination, I would say, with with language, it was a big part of it.
1: Yeah, it seems like to be connected with that language also um, is a much more authentic experience of experiencing Italy too rather than just like the surface level of...
0: Oh, yeah. And, you know, there's this uh, there's this melodic, emotional, right? This vivacious uh, component of uh, Italian that's just so universally uh, loved. There's such a charming uh, uh, vibe to it. But, uh, you know, the more you learn and the more you, like, feel the poetry of the language, you know, for me, that kind of charming, uh, like, uh, the... the the lightness uh, of the language was not the kick. And I you, I started feeling the power of Italian and it's uh, really discipline and it's just intelligence of organization. Mm-hmm. And and once you understand that that's where the power of culture is in that that kind of organized, the pre- very precise, very definitive language, you know? Italian is a very legalistic language. So, you know, like the way even Romans talk, they communicate, it's very precise. And that's a mis there a lot of misconceptions about Italian culture is that right? It's very light, it's very mm-hmm. chaotic, it's very uh, uh, eccentric. But in a way, uh, that kind of eccentricity is the exhaust of Italian genius, not its engine. The real engine is it's it's in that precision, in yeah. that precision of delivery. You know, a lot of my Italian friends would argue that you know. Uh, uh, you know, there's more exhaust than engine, but it's nonetheless. You know, the engine yeah. is uh, is in that precision, and I think that aspect of language really uh, lends itself to uh, that tr- a, a thriller or a tragedy or something solemn uh, that we were may uh, were trying to accomplish in uh, in in the film and and the language it it the Italian kind of uh, acts in both ways. It is very lively and uh, you know energetic gives that kind of fun component to it but it's really that uh, precision and discipline of of the language that uh, uh lends itself to uh to the genre of uh, uh, of tragedy and a thriller
1: yeah. and the heaviness
0: that uh, comes with it
1: yeah for sure so how did learning the italian language from that point influence your voice as a person and the way that you navigated life from your experience of being in Italy from that point forward
0: it's just the music that stays with you like I catch myself of just like you know just trying to recreate the intonation of it just tap into the rhythm of it just like such a lot li- it's a it's alive you know and it invigorates every time you uh you start feeling it and that's that kind of passion for it that kind of change that i experienced uh, from like learning it and the the excitement you get from again that the the thrill you get from experiencing the the beauty of this language that that that's a glimpse uh, or it's the thing i wanted to uh to show in this movie to deliver uh through this form or integrate into this story
1: okay all right so how did you go from studying philosophy in italy into coming to the point of actually creating and making this film and, and finding your voice within well, filmmaking that you were trying to run away from.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, I was making movies before. I mean, uh, I made a couple of shorts, a documentary. So I, I've been, my, I made my first show when I was 17. So like, I already had some experience. And actually when I came uh, during the summer break, I made a short film here in LA that I took back to Italy and it actually uh, we went to uh, we got to a bunch of film festivals back then with that short film and that's how I met a lot of my Italian friends Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess again I couldn't really run away from it but at least I took a a perspective journey really to kind of uh, expand and and distance myself from the the idea of myself that I have to see if that's an idea worth, uh, uh, you know, like fighting for, because when I came back, then it's like, yeah, the end, I realized like, I'm not gonna be teaching philosophy. I'm not gonna be, uh, really pursuing that path, but that's, uh, that's something, this knowledge and, and, uh, peppered with this Italian <laughs> dressing, this right. is something that can be, uh, can, can, can enrich or, uh, give meaning to, uh, to this other uh, path that you kind of were thrown
1: at. uh, To to infuse like a philosophical Mm -hmm. kind of approach to filmmaking also, which.
0: You know, and not to burden it by that. I wouldn't say that like, uh, you know, like really, really going into it from this uh, lay perspective and someone that has that had that like luxury of youth of not even like thinking like what is, you can't go from one unstable career path to another. But uh, in in a way, like studying philosophy, uh, makes you like lighter. You take those things easier. You take philosophy easier, and like uh, that whole uh, thing that comes with it—that seriousness and all—it it it translates into uh, into something uh, lighter. So I don't use that philosophical thing. I think the the story of the Italian of travelers is very simple, Um, and I think you know that simplicity is in the end the goal of both philosophy and uh, and and film and art mm-hmm. to to like uh, communicate you you can't philosophy is not communicating difficult ideas it's a methodology of communicating the truth right. but if you find another way to communicate the truth or at least an attempt to find the truth then you know it's all equal and you cannot have any uh uh, uh kind of a intellectual uh, advantage by studying philosophy i mean you know it's just can read all those books you know it's <laughs> just better to read them in italy you
1: know yeah of course <laughs> with those surroundings and that environment
0: and yeah, the, yeah. The, ro-
1: the romantic aspects of italy which i feel like you definitely your wife is italian did you meet her in italy or how did that come about no
0: we, we met here I mean, she's Sicilian, but uh, <laughs> okay. she, yeah, she is. And uh, now we met here. She's a New York Italian, Buffalo Italian, but uh, what we had in common which is uh, surprising or not at all, that she also, as an American born and raised here, she lived in Italy. She started there and then she lived there for five years and she lived in Florence. Um, so we never met in Italy, but we had that uh, in common and one of those, uh coincidences that cannot be called a coincidence <laughs> or cannot be ignored
1: right a synchronicity yeah 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 what filmmakers inspired you because you definitely have like like a, like a specific um, yeah. vision or Italian for travelers it's very like visual and aesthetically very specific it's a very specific style and so what are the influences that inspired you as a filmmaker?
0: Well, uh, you know, I studied uh history of film back in Armenia and everything good just inspires you. It's like at, at some point, you know, just especially on later, I know I'm ju- kind of jumping forward with this question, but like later, in, again, there is no hierarchy. If it's, if it's done good, the appreciation for that is so uh, equalizing, you know, that right now, like from this perspective, it is almost like pinpointing an influence would would be like distorting the whole process of how this thing is being you know built but definitely everyone i mean when i was younger uh, the influences were uh, obviously all those big european directors because that's that's what we had you know it would be like everyone from fellini bergman and then tarkovsky obviously uh, uh pushing it from the north and uh you know we had uh just kind of growing up with that that the kind of uh, masters of uh of cinema like being inspired uh just like any filmmaker should be by 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 those giants you know and again the list goes on and on and uh and the only reason i don't want to pinpoint anything is because then then it's kind of like everything you know
1: yeah
0: my influences i say my influences i'm you know everything good but in regard to this film, obviously, influenced by Italian cinema tremendously. I mean, uh, that's uh, just everything. Ev- everything, you know, from the, the beginning of uh, the Cina like the 30s productions all the way to now, I just saw uh, uh, Paolo Sorrentino's uh, Hand of God. And I just, that movie is just, I, is with me. And I just been dazed and I'm like, I can't stop thinking about it. Just so many, uh, so many things that just, you know, torpedo your uh, uh, subconscious, and they never leave. And then you make all these decisions in your life thinking they're yours. But right. so many of the decisions I made in my life were dictated to me by uh, Italian uh, filmmakers <laughs> from the uh, 30s. <laughs> and now. Yeah, so, yeah,
1: yeah. I can relate yeah. to that too. Actually, I used to, yeah. um, I used to study films um, when I was a kid. I would like act them out in my backyard and try to like understand the emotion behind it and why the characters were making those choices themselves. So mm-hmm. I, I can relate to that. And mm-hmm. and some of the films like started to reflect in my life. And so it's kind of like, mm-hmm. what happened first? So yeah. you also wrote the yeah. film. Mm-hmm. I, I'm curious because <laughs> it is so visual. Like, what was it like to write that?
0: Well, you know, well, the voice of the film was easy to find because it was, uh, 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 a voiceover CD. I I really uh, uh, decided to <laughs> make a movie about <laughs> learning CD uh, uh, language learning city. That's really uh, what what wasn't in, uh, what inspired this movie. Like you know, there's this jokes like you know I'll, I want to make a movie so bad I'll make them you know like based on yellow pages or something. Mm-hmm. I was like I want to make it so bad I'll just make a movie about like uh, you know inspired by Italian learning CD, uh, <laughs> but that kind of like dictated the voice because uh, uh, again, how can you build around that? And quickly you realize, well, that's a nice device. It's a trick, you know, it's a nice uh, thing to use, uh, but you cannot just, uh, there should be a story around it. There should be something uh, uh, that uh, even inspired by that form like a story even inspired by the device to like a story to implement the device. You know, and then they kind of build each other that way. Yeah, I guess that's that's where it be like that. So that the Italian CD was uh, kind of the the impetus of it, like how of that repetition of like the the patterns, the learning patterns, like uh, that uh, image word connection, how that can be uh, uh, yeah. worked out into uh, some kind of ent- entertaining form, and then the story followed. You know, and the story. Um, the the, the 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 espionage uh, thriller that 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 narrative just kind of followed from uh juxtaposition uh with uh with uh, the with the cd yeah with the, the kind of a uh, linguistic thing that's going separately
1: it definitely followed a certain rhythm for sure that drives the film
0: yeah but it was easy to write in that term that yeah, I wasn't focusing on writing, you know, and I decided uh, this is gonna be a different type of screenplay, so um, no one's gonna read it. The screenplay is gonna be the business plan. The only mm-hmm. people gonna read it, because I'm making it, I'm I'm, I'm I'm bringing the money, so no one, no one reads the scripts anyway, so why should they? And then if no one's gonna read it, why should I even write it? So I'm gonna write it uh, a, a working script to, uh, you know for 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 me and 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 the team for production to be literally on the same page mm-hmm. but it's inseparable from what we're gonna do it's gonna be uh, one uh production in which the story is not its own thing that needs to be developed and go through like development uh, inferno and stay in purgatory like I, I i would love my screenplay to go through uh through that development hell but I'm not gonna let this thing stay in purgatory anymore. Right. You know, let's go to the depth of hell and do it. Or we're just not even like submitting it. We're not submitting it to hell. We're just right. gonna make it <laughs> yeah. right, you know, right where we are, you know. And then we can go to hell with it, you know. <laughs> but uh, that changed the dynamic. And again, this is not to take away from the from from this the 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 screen writing, the how important the screen plays, because in the end it is this uh but it's there is a lot of formalism there's almost like an obsession with the formatting of the screen yeah. there's almost a the way the it needs to be presented and it's fine it's fine if it needs to be uh, obviously it needs to go through that process of development and that process of you know polishing so many things but this is like i realized that that takes years and that's not what i want to do with this and that Change the whole dynamic, and again, being so heavily, uh, so heavily relying on the voiceover, so don't even have to like uh, put that much emphasis on dialogue, and let the uh, let let the observation of it be the engine. Let let be that, that visual part of it be be the engine, rather than ideas that you want to put there uh, through this format. You know.
1: Yeah. So curious mm. if while you were writing the script, if you had like a specific vision for what you were writing to come to life? And during the process of making it, did that vision match or did it change or how did that come about?
0: You know, it, it's it, first it came unexpectedly better from at least the standard that we had. But when we were hitting the standards and we had all this uh, uh, collective kind of uh, surprise, I remember Sona and Sam was saying, this is a very rare film in which everything that we planned like visualizing our heads comes exactly uh, in that way. It's almost like takes away from the, the fun of it. We were so everyone was so precise, everyone was so prepared. Then uh, when we, we 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 received the results for which we prepared. And that was very interesting. And then it started exceeding it. And that's when the real surprise kicked in. So you can't you don't you can't get bored. Uh, with over preparing because then the real surprise will come but the preparation was the key yeah and and um, the having that kind of uh, uh, mindset you know having that kind of a thing that we're not here to have fun we're not going to go there and improvise and have fun it's you know we got to get this thing done it's tight it's a tight schedule and everyone was just this, this hardworking. You know, um, like we didn't have this like uh, uh, the the cliche of like an artistic, you know, like um, collaboration and all. It was just very business. Like we this 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 is what needs to be done, and uh, we just gotta deliver this thing and move on. That was the whole thing. Just do it and move to the next thing.
1: Yeah. Well, that's you that's know? a testament and, to you though, and your ability to communicate your vision and what you were expecting, because to not have a script in a mm-hmm. traditional sense. Um, you were able right. to communicate with your team what we were aiming to achieve here's here's an
0: important point. If you don't emphasize or you don't invest so much time into writing the actual screenplay, it doesn't mean that you don't need to develop the film uh, hastily or you don't. what we did by not investing so much time into writing it was into preparing. Well, it, uh, in in pre-production, uh, really taking our time to nail all those points, what needs to be done with, with the team. So it wasn't that you know you don't write the screenplay and then you you just gain time that way and just go into the production. You just don't waste that time with people who are gonna judge your screen screenplay for better or worse. So they may, they usually they're good judges too. And they say very valid points. This thing's not gonna work. Sure, they're not gonna work, but I don't wanna work them out with you. I wanna work them out with people who are gonna make it. So I'm gonna take this away from you and I'm gonna invest that time away from the writing dictatorship, uh, away from the legalism of and and format of what needs to be done with people who like really have a stake, they're putting their time time their money into what's going to work so let's work that thing on this end and that's what we did and that was a testament that is not like an improvised thing it's not a it's not a um, uh, again like a rush thing or a disrespect for screenplay it's a respect for a general process in which screenplay doesn't have to be the king if you know uh that uh, the, the vision is the king in general the whole product needs to work out you can't have an amazing script and then just based on that, expect that you're gonna have a great movie. You're definitely not gonna have a great movie if you don't have a solid foundation. But, and the screenplay 99% of the time is that. But there's that 1% of the time that it it can transform in itself into a different aspect of, of production and still have its, its place. So now I look back at that 27, 37 page screenplay that we have. And and it, it's it, it is it's its own thing. It is a screenplay. I'm very proud of that screenplay. But if you really see how much I wrote, it's just several pages. Doesn't mean I didn't. I don't need to write the movie.
1: You yeah. know, I
0: need to make the movie. Right. The uh, actually, actually thing doing there. it. But it's actually, too much energy goes into writing. And you know, if you really want to write, gonna put all that energy to write something. Write a book, right? what the medium is, or let the screenwriter do it. This is all the conversation about a writer, director in, in, and it's, this is my process, obviously, you know, a lot of people who come from more, more more literary tradition, you know, people who let this, you know, for them, it's a whole different thing. That's their process, but my process and, and, and also the, the resources and the possibility of making this happen was taken away from that and put in it, Yes, put in the effort and energy somewhere else. Just a strategic kind of be flexible with the strategic, you know, approaches don't be fixed on whatever they're called because there's a kind of arbitrary uh, things in the end Uh, in terms of they're very solid, but they're also they're part of a process where you, you don't have very fine uh lines and frontiers and borders between where where what's written and what's visualized really Mm -hmm. you can write everything down you can also take a picture of everything yeah yeah
1: Yeah. there's different ways of translating it onto Mm -hmm. what you're doing so the actors obviously needed to be on board with this as well did you have an audition process and what was that like oh yeah
0: we did we did a casting ourselves and uh lot of talented people showed up and that's the thing you're just blown away by that uh by the sheer amount of talent that that that's there out there you know everyone's talented that's the crazy thing about it and uh but I was the thing. Like we came from that uh, position, we're making it. So we're again just gonna do it. And you have to believe that these people are gonna come. They're there. If you're there and you think, you know, you're there and nobody knows about you and you're worth it, you know, there's someone else. And and that person comes. And it was mind blowing that almost everyone showed up on the same on the first day. We were just looking at each other. It's like, is this really happening? Can it be like the first guy shows up that same, like second, third, you know, actress, it was Hannah. Like we knew it. And it's just one of those things we believed in that It's they're gonna come and then they showed up, you know? They didn't like, you know, but uh, there there was a process and obviously the rehearsal process was very important. You know, that's, that's another thing that helped us tremendously to really take our time with uh, rehearsing, with making act, getting actors on that same page, making them own this thing, understand the uh, particularity of what we're doing, and having very honest conversations. You know, when Josh, uh, Josh Lauren, who, um, you know, you the, the, one of the leads, and Josh uh, told me plainly, he said, "You're putting, you're asking things that people usually don't ask of American actors." You know, you're asking, and and I said, "How can we work that out?" You know. So let's try and you know we'll work out but uh, those are it's just being honest make everyone needs to have a stake you know it's just everyone puts their time and effort and this is such a tricky uh enterprise to begin with mm-hmm. so, so you want everyone to be uh, to be fulfilled while they're uh and and you want the process to make sense for everyone
1: yes and you
0: want everyone to have an ownership in it
1: so so what are since he said that you're asking american actors of something that they're not used to what would what would an example of that be like
0: not acting <laughs> <laughs> i was asking them not to act and not to like not to do anything but it's just the thing it's not it, it's just a, an ethic american american ethic you have to work you mm-hmm. got to work you got to earn things and when you come in there there they want to earn they want to sh- not to overact but like really you know be there be that be their part yeah. and in this case like it was very important like just not to do that you know <laughs> just feel, like the point is it's a very quiet movie it's very silent and you go into this long uh uh you know observational moments i mean let's say it's a wrong way to say it's it's a very quiet movie and it's uh with long takes so how much direction can you give an actor who's going to be staring, you know, uh
1: right.
0: in a sky like at some point it's like you're here sitting and looking at this what are you going to do you know so it, again it's a it's a different uh, animal so it's a different type of uh, film uh, uh for for an actor um but yeah. they did it right
1: yeah film film acting is very Mm. subtle in many ways as it is and then to ask them Mm. to be in a film that is even like taking it a notch down that Mm -hmm. that had to be interesting for sure
0: yeah and and it's that was the thing like I'm not uh here's the thing with uh a a process that was interesting you know we as actors right uh, they need to know the background they for to 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 build the character you 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 you, in, in your mind you have to Know where this character is coming from and all those things, and it's a very natural thing for actors to inquire a director, especially the one who wrote it. Like, who are these people? Who is my character? And I just didn't know. And I said, "Your character doesn't exist. You know, it's like you don't need to do like I don't know. We're just like we're making an illusion, you know. Now whatever works. If you do it right, we'll know. But like Mm. the reason we picked you is because there is something in you." That's gonna work uh on screen. This is the least educational and counterproductive thing I'm saying. Like how to cast actors. I don't know, like how to work with actors. I really don't know. We were lucky, you know?
1: Yeah. Just it's, good it's people showed that, up. Uh,
0: we believe that people show up and like they they went along this this thing and it all came together. But rehearsal helps, just like yeah. doing it together, knowing what works with this people, not with the character in their mind is. Of what they can do right now, being this person in this room at this time with this light hitting them. It's all about that light hitting them.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it, so it's a certain intuition and inner knowing <laughs> of of what works. It's it's not something that can easily be described, but something that you just have to come yeah, upon and you know. Yeah.
0: I mean, I work with actors a lot. I, I come from a theater, so maybe it's something that, uh, being around them for so long. I just like know that you as a director can't do that much. Like you just have to find right people for the project, be extremely honest with them. I mean, there is just nothing that makes it work better than being honest, like not. Like you don't know this character is? I don't know, I wrote it. You know, like you wanna see the script? It's like 10 pages, like, I don't know. So that that, that kind of thing, you know, yeah, you you're just limited uh, as a director, but you can also uh, help a lot again by just making sense, or temporarily, but for for the whole thing to work. But yeah, they're great: Hannah Elder, Joshua lauren Carlos Barbu, Dan Balcaban. Just want to mention them all: Julali, Reskala. I mean, we didn't have that many. Mike Moylehill, Julie Topchan. They they made it. There you go. <laughs>
1: Yeah, they were they were fantastic. It
0: was those people. The combination of those people who were available at that time, and uh, we couldn't cast any longer. So (laughs) at some point, you gotta do the with the resources you have, and we had excellent resources again. So much is luck, whether it was earned, or you know, uh, just like. (laughs) Pure luck, you know, that's not for us to decide, but it happened like I'm very proud of uh, what everyone's done and 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 the crew I that's a whole different conversation, you know, uh, to which I hope we get to like working with these people like Sona and Sam and and, You know, then this incredible uh, You know that synergy that the workflow that you have that this the most gratifying part of this process Like really you come into movies uh you thinking so many things that you want from it and like that you're gonna get a kick out of it you know getting those awards and getting you know like uh, uh get letting your vision expressions all but once you start working with talented people and you see that you're like part of the shared insanity and you like you invested in each other's growth that's that's yeah. what makes sense that's what you want to stay in the game i worked on so many things like uh i didn't get a best director with uh so many combinations but this combination worked and without that i won't have this award without this kind of uh uh investment and commitment and collaboration so again it's you know like you're 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 as good as 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 the team is there is just no way around it, you know so that's it and like being in in a city like this i guess that's that advantage there's just such a great pool of talent. But again, it takes you years to get to to that magic combination of incredible people. I mean, it's just, that's the blessing. That's, that's where I felt I did things right to be able to work with these people. I'm not just saying it. It's, it's, yeah. it's the truth. That's, that's the test, you know, Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thrill.
1: Yeah. It's kind of cool to think that like, you just had like the spark of an idea and it turned into this whole magical experience.
0: Yeah, and how much you like, can you cling to that? You think it's yours. Like that? that's what all this kind of movies too, like written directed, it's your thing. It is, I don't wanna like uh, be like humble in that thing. I put a lot of time in this thing. I know what I deserve, but I also know like how much of it is mine because it's not. How much I'm proud of the fact that something that I initiated was not just made better, but was co-created, built, and it doesn't even make sense if it's just mine it doesn't make sense the beauty of it that the second floor wasn't built by me that the balcony someone came up with that idea you know the third the fourth and then once it's built no one cares what the foundation was you know because maybe the foundation started from the roof the guy who came last and said the roof's gonna be that maybe we were building this whole thing for the dome and that wasn't me but who cares you know we built this thing (laughs) And, and like everyone, everyone owns it now and everyone has a good thing to show.
1: Yes. So how did you decide uh, to include, it's pronounced ecolalia?
0: Echolalia. yeah. Echolalia. So ecolalia, yeah. it's from the word eco, you know, it's like lalia. Mm-hmm. And uh, what it, it's, it's a neurological or stress-induced disorder in which one repeats the words and phrases heard in the past so it exists it it's uh it's very common with the uh, artistic kids but it's also common with adults and a uh, uh, stress may just that um actually everyone has that to degree if you if you under stress uh sometimes you repeat a certain tune mm-hmm. in your head right or you yeah. repeat certain words some kind of it's sort of a defense mechanism of a body and that just exactly uh what happens to our character in the movie and for her that sound in her head the, the things that she hears in her head are those fragments from the italian cd she heard in the past so it just kind of came naturally we we were onto something we didn't know or had a medical term for it and then later I said that this must be medical. Actually, Sona, our producer, Sona Stambolcan said, like, is there like a medical term for that? And just all it was like, we like uh, research and there it was, you know, could have done it like before. But again, the emphasis was not to make anything like particularly psychological, not to be burdened by the uh, 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 responsibility of uh, showcasing this disease. Uh, in a way it is. But when we did it and then saw what this disease was, it was exactly the same. Under the stress, under the pressure, uh, a comforting uh, pattern of words emerges in your head. And in the case, in our case, it was this Italian learning CD that she started in the past. Just a perfect example of echolalia.
1: The film has some definite themes.
0: Well, we call it a modern tragedy because uh, it is, in a classical sense, that that the structure of it is that of a of a of a Greek tragedy. This was a very conscious choice because you know, we live in tragic times, and and uh, we're lo- we're in like this glo- simultaneously global tragedy. So I think this genre of tragedy that's been avoided for so long kind of was, we do dramas, but life is tragedy, really, and and now we see it. Uh, I mean, we always knew it and you avoid it. It's a normal thing to avoid, but now it's hard to avoid. So we felt like tragedy is a very great, very timely genre uh, to, 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 to express the reality we're in, or the essence of reality, the tragic sense of it. So we really relied heavily on uh, Greek uh, uh, tragedy uh, structures, like the classic, the three acts, and uh, with the cyclical nature of narrative, a mm-hmm. tragic choice, uh, forced on an individual by society, or in our case, by uh, a regime. So these are classical kind of element. These are elements of the, of tragedy that, that are in a movie. Um, but the fun part, the fun part in following uh, a classical tragedy model is that it's very, very independent film friendly. You know that the Greek tragedy is very restrained by its nature. It's a very limited uh, number of actors, because mm-hmm. tragedies usually happen in those uh, uh, with, within those limitations. You know, then you have uh, uh, another thing that's uh, that's very helpful. Um, coming back to that reserved style of acting, I mean, uh, it's uh, masked acting, right? The Greek uh, uh, actors were wearing masks, right. so the whole mm-hmm. persona. So that kind of reserved uh, style of acting is what was—it was, uh, uh, was very—is very helpful uh, for independent filmmaking from this technical point that you don't—you uh, save time on uh, rehearsals. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's just that simple. It's a very <laughs> tricky uh, way of uh, 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 structuring a movie, and and the best thing about Greek tragedy for independent filmmakers they deal with the aftermath of events. So they don't show the murder on stage. It was the the murder, the tragedy happened. And then it's the aftermath of tragedy Mm -hmm. with which uh, people deal. Uh, So these are really, really helpful uh, uh, tips for independent filmmakers. But uh, you know, again, uh, budget wise, it's perfect. So we use that, uh, we relied on this Greek tragedy model. Uh, But the biggest, part of Greek tragedy is, of course, chorus,
1: right? right. I mean, yeah. that's
0: the, the key element chorus. And the voices that the protagonist hears in her head, the Italian city is exactly that. So there is this connection between uh, chorus and echolalia. Ico- mm-hmm. uh, it is that repetitive <laughs> nagging thing in your head. And the Italian city is that device. So that device that we talked about originally that everything was built around you know, in the end, it was. So the device found its p- perfect place uh, uh, as a chorus, you know? Uh, a- and uh, and then the story was built around the chorus, kind of. The chorus uh, told us the story in many ways, or inspired the story. But the, uh, that chorus and uh, Ikelele connection kind of continues, uh, uh, goes through the movie and that mental chorus is enhanced through an actual chorus. Uh, because one of the main musical themes uh, of the movie is anachrosis. And it's an ancient music found on papyrus fragment and believed to be the oldest recorded song. It was part of chorus of or Ar- Orestes. It's a tragedy that was produced in 4- 408 BC. So this is one of the oldest wow. recorded songs we use. And uh, we used an authentic rendition by Spanish monk and musical revivalist Gregorio Paniaqua, He recreates the sound effect of catastrophe. So catastrophe, apart from its general meaning, was a musical term describing the sound the string of the lyre makes as it returns into the equilibrium after being struck. So
1: okay.
0: again, that kind of uh, repetitiveness, that kind mm-hmm. of uh, sound effect, uh, it is a very suspenseful and anxious sound and just adds this very ancient and authentic layer to the film. And it's in the structure of the movie, it's placed in the same way it was in the original tragedy. It's uh, between acts who kind of uh, gradually build suspense. But this also gives catastrophe, the concept of catastrophe, uh, if you view it through this uh, narrow musical term of balancing the, the string of the lyre Mm-hmm. that sound uh, it makes as it uh, comes down to to the to the silence to the position, to the zero position you know that that kind of process is also dealing with the aftermath the dealing with the consequence of of the tragedy so catastrophe is the healing process in a way that comes after a tragedy you know, if you look kind of in, in yeah, through this uh, ter- as, terminology and the implications it has and the, right. the hints it uh, uh, throws to a deeper understanding of of an aftermath and what happens after right. the tragedy is struck,
1: as, as everything tries to come back into realignment. Uh
0: huh. Mm-hmm. So again, you know, that's the that would be that kind of redeeming part of doing this this heavy uh, tragic pieces because, again. It, it's the reality, the, the reality of life is that it, it is tragedy, one way or another, And but there is also that process of uh, how you deal with it and the choices you make, which is that catastrophe, that, uh, mm-hmm. that process of, uh, of balancing the tragedy to kind of an acceptable normal wave till the next one hits <laughs> <Yeah>. again.
1: <laughs> I like that, that's very deep. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot yeah, right. but yeah. again it's
0: deep like you don't need to be you know you don't need to be too deep to do these deep things they're, they're done you know you just see like uh, it, it's done it's so like you know it, it's there you yeah. just put it in a movie and it deepens <laughs> it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> movie is such a mosaic it's such a kaleidoscope. you got to like collect pieces it's just that medium that you can like Bring everything from everywhere, so it almost yeah. has this like archival value. And I'm just so happy that uh, this type of music was used in the movie, and like more people can listen to this incredible yeah. ancient. It's just so it's so suspenseful. You you think it was written? It's a score written by a modern composer. It's spooky. It's uh, it's thrilling. It's mysterious. It's deep. Uh, and strangely, this is another thing. I'll tell you about this piece. You know. Originally, you know, uh, the I it was a very minimalist. I had a very minimalist approach to 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 the soundtrack, to the score of the whole thing, to the sound. It was the Italian CD, which uh, is in her head. She hears it as it's a chorus. Uh, so there is an actual uh, Italian CD voiceover that we use. That was always uh, that was the impetus, and obviously uh, uh, was something that everything was built around. As I mentioned. But the second piece that came to me, and that kind of goes uh, to your question about the screenplay, um, the second piece is what helped me to write the screenplay, and that's uh, uh, Jean Sibelius's uh, Waltz a Triste," the sad waltz that goes through the movie. And I knew that uh, that the, 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 that that piece is an incredible, beautiful piece. You heard it in the movie, so. Uh, uh, it, it has three distinct parts, and I knew that I'm going to use them as they culminate. I'm going to use them in each act. They're going to be first act. This is going to be the beginning, middle, and 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 the and it actually helped me to write screenplay, or at least the structure, knowing that this musical emotionality is going to raise it to the next level and then it's going to crescendo on that third level. So those were the the only two pieces that I wanted to use. And then I was uh, at that counterpoint, remember the the bookstore on Franklin in Hollywood, counterpoint? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I was there and I found this CD by uh, Gregorio Pani- Paniacqua, and I was just listening to it. It's incredible. And I'm like, this can be good for the movie. I was already editing, you know? This was wow. not part of the plan, but this too, it was such a free act, you know, perfect, just perfectly on everything, and just took it took it home. You know, it really yeah. took it home to its ancient Greek base, you know, Greco-Roman, Greco-Roman and American-Armenian base, but... Um, <laughs> you know so that Sibelius part is just that that's the that's kind of the soul of the movie you know but uh it's just the way like again the things come unexpectedly they 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 take their place they push you out of your own movie and they say like no we're gonna be in there you know because we were supposed (laughs) to be in it and and the fourth piece was also a surprise and that was uh uh, a song by Claudio Villa, a famous Italian singer. It's an Italian classic, Chitarra Romana. And that was uh, suggested by one of our actors, Carlos Barbu. I told him, do you, you want to like whistle something? There's a part in the movie that like whistles an Italian song or any song. And he said, oh, there is this Italian classic, Chitarra Romana. You know, you should." And I knew this song when, when I heard it. And so, of course, this is great. And when we... Uh, uh, when we used it in the movie, it was it was incredible how uh, a dancing scene we had just beat beat by beat fell into right places. It was like it was written, or or we filmed based on the rhythm of this music. It was kind of again, like uh, this incredible uh, coincidences, this incredible
1: uh,
0: synchronicities, uh, uh, synchronicities yeah. or these incredible connections that happen. That's again, when you're in a presence of such magic, when these things happen, that you know it. Uh, there was more to it than right. you could have ever planned. But you have to plan for these unknown things to come, for the surprises to come. And uh, and with that said, then there was still more need because this is just such a quiet movie. And though I intended to be quiet, I realized again, it's not about what I originally intended, but this needs a little bit more. And we had a, a score written, very beautiful, fantastic score by John Ryjievicz. And uh, that he brought up a whole new you know, his personal uh, input and uh, having a a composer working on it, just uh, added and has his own independent and beautiful score that uh, uh, was so interesting how uh, that one greatly uh, was in the same vein as everything else that we picked and he was not even aware of. There were even moments of that catastrophe um, um musical effect that he 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 arrived to on its own as kind of the movie the 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 tempo of the movie was dictating that so yeah it, the soundtrack of it uh, was a whole different story and uh and full of surprises and uh and uh, and and lessons
1: fantastic what is the best way that people can follow you on your journey uh, through the film festival circuit and support you?
0: Uh, Best way to be, uh, follow us on Instagram. We'll have all the updates there. We're still hitting the festival circuit and uh, we're talking to distributors, uh, but we want to play it out a little bit, um, see the reactions and uh, find our audience before we let it out. You know, this day and age, it's really easy to put the movie out there, but we, we, we want to, uh, get the sense of fit before we do that and find the best venue for it. But meanwhile, i be happy to see uh, everyone on Instagram.
1: Great. Following Italian for Travelers, as I know this process will still be going on for a little bit, do you have any other projects in mind or that you're working on that we can look forward to?
0: Sure, I certainly want to uh, continue developing uh, this uh, the, the genre of uh, tragedy. Um, I I, uh, I have another project that again kind of is in, in the same vein, uh, and uh, that that's that, that's in works. So uh, definitely, there's work uh, to do to 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 enhance the popularity of, of the genre. And obviously, we're not the only one working in tragedy. (laughs) The whole world is working in a genre. But uh, that's uh, in terms of feature films. But currently, we're actually in production for a documentary uh, about the uh, predecessor of YouTube, about uh, an 80s uh, cable show called UTV. That was a catalyst of uh, everything that happened. It was the first uh, TV show that democratized the platform and would allow users' videos, and it was showing users' videos from all over the world and connecting uh, people to that. But this is a company that happened before internet, really, or before internet was uh, uh, popular. So it's a it's a very interesting uh, project, and uh, we'll, we'll hope to share that uh, with you soon
1: excellent well thank you so much for joining me um and sharing your story and talking about italian for travelers i have one question that i usually ask my guests to wrap things up and that question is if your inner voice had a billboard what would it say to the world
0: get coffee
1: (laughs) okay (laughs) coffee's important
0: i don't know it's probably what i want now (laughs) that works dodging those inner voice questions i'm just like uh
1: that's okay it's gonna come out (laughs) i think i think it's fine Thank you so much for joining me this week. If you're listening and you like what you hear, please consider subscribing and rating this podcast as it really helps get this podcast out to other people who might be interested in hearing it but don't know about it yet. And also, if you'd like to contact me or reach me, you can reach me at unconditioningpodcast at gmail.com or unconditioningpodcast on Instagram. Thank you so much. And until next time. Stay tuned in to you.